I love that video, especially that last little bit, because uh, for, well, the church is like 16 years old. So for 16 years, every time um, the, uh, uh, the children's ministry gets a new t-shirt, they give t-shirts to all their volunteers every year or, or every time, which sometimes a couple times a year, they get new t-shirts. Every time for the last 16, almost 17 years, James Kelly steals a shirt. And that was James that was right there. Well, um, and, and he steals a shirt and we give him a hard time. You can't wear that shirt. You didn't volunteer. So on Mother's Day, guess what he got to do? Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, I don't know that he earned the shirt because it was just one Sunday, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Uh, are y'all ready? I am so excited. First service was like packed house. The Holy Spirit showed up in a powerful way. Are y'all expecting that? Well, you know what? He will show up to the level of your expectation. He will. I promise. If you're expecting, he's going to meet you this morning, we are focusing this entire year on, everybody say it with me, Jesus, period. That's right. The life and the teachings of Jesus, and our prayer is that as we walk through this, we start looking more like him. We start looking more like him. That's better. That's better. All right. Um, and, and I so appreciate my bride knocking it out of the park last week, right? She did a fabulous, fabulous letting the Lord stretch her, and uh, it was so good. Um, and, and, and what she taught is so critical. We're getting ready to start this whole series on the upside-down kingdom, how so much of what Jesus taught was actually upside-down to the culture. And how many of you know that's still true? And, and what Susan taught last week about slow, that, that we are to, if we really want to connect with Jesus, that, that we need to slow down, you know? And, uh, and, and she talked about silence, the S being silence and solitude. How many of you know that's countercultural? That's upside down in a busy, loud world, right? Um, and, and then the L was to listen, listen to what he has to say. And then the O, man, that one was very upside down to our culture because it was huh, obey what he says, being obedient to what he teaches and what he says. And then, and then the, the W was worship. To, to worship him. And today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something that's kind of a one-off leading into the upside-down kingdom. Um, and it is countercultural as well, especially if you live in the South. And most of you do, you know? Uh, and, and, and especially if you were raised in the South. Anybody in here raised in the South? Oh, we got two people. Come on. You got to. If you raised in the South, you can be louder than that. How many of you raised in the South? All right. All right. All right. I know you can be louder than that. I've, I've heard you be louder than that on Facebook, right? I mean, um, so 
So, uh, <laughs> in the South, um, I, I appreciate that I was raised in the South. I was raised right here in Mena. And, uh, and, and I appreciate Southern values. You know, I was taught some Southern values. And, and, and I believe some of those values, uh, can I say it graciously, we forgot to teach. Some of those Southern values we should be teaching, right? Matter of fact, several years ago, I did a whole series uh, that, that I called uh, Forgotten Virtues. You know, virtues, things in our culture that have kind of forgotten that we need to pick up and begin to teach again. Are y'all with me? Um, and I appreciate that. But how many of you know, as much as I appreciate, you know, Southern values, <laughs> there are some of those values that actually are not biblical. They sound good on the surface, but they're really not biblical. One of those, and I taught my girls, and I believe you should teach your kids to be nice. In the South, we teach be nice. Be nice. Nowhere in the Bible does it say be nice. It doesn't. It says be kind. That's different than nice. Right? Are y'all, some of you are like, I'm out of here. I don't know. All right. I, I, I mean, here's the problem in the South. Sometimes we're nice, but not honest. <laughs> right? What Jesus taught was truth and love. In other words, the reason you are speaking truth is because you love them. See, we also get in our big southern pride and we get over here and go, well, I'm just going to speak truth. Can I just tell you, if, you're, if your motivation is not because, if it is anything other than I love them. I'm speaking truth to this part of the population because they need truth. Well, if you're not doing it out of love, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Come on. And, and that's what Jesus teaches. That it is the truth, huh, but the reason you're speaking truth is because, man, I love them. I want the best for them. Come on, right? Um, I believe we should teach manners. I, I, I believe that. Anybody, anybody, when you're a kid, they, they taught you no elbows on the table. Anybody that was, yeah, in my house, no elbows on the table. In other words, you don't slouch and, you know, on, on the table. I, I, all right? How about anybody where you taught, huh, this is a good one, I, uh, don't talk with your mouth full. That's a good one to teach, y'all. It may not be in the Bible, but it's a good one, all right? Um, I mean, don't talk with your mouth full. Well, we're teaching right now to my Finney girl, my, my grandbaby. We're teaching her one right now that I never thought you'd have to teach, but don't talk about poop at the table. You don't. 
You just don't talk about that. You can talk about it, but not at the table. Not, not while we're, you know. Uh, how, how about this one? Here's one. We were probably all taught. Um, uh, oh, 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 wait. Did we, did we miss something? Oh, oh, no, I, I'm wrong. Sorry, I skipped something. Uh, but but here is, here's what I want to help us do today, uh, all right? Because I believe sometimes our manners can get in the way of what God wants to do. I'm going to stretch you a little bit. Matter of fact, you may want to write this down. I'm going to help us get our manners out of the way of our miracle. Okay? So hang on. Don't throw rocks yet. Uh, uh, all right? Don't throw rocks yet. Um, because one of those things that we have been taught, there's some spiritual principles that kind of rubs against it. One of those things that we've all been taught, one of the manners that we've all been taught is this, especially in the South, do not interrupt. Anybody? Anybody been taught, do not interrupt. Anybody teach your kids, do not interrupt. You better be teaching your kids, do not interrupt. It's okay. All right? Do not interrupt. Matter of fact, <laughs> we have taught our, our kids, and I've taught my girls, uh, and in our culture, we teach do not interrupt. Interrupting is so rude that you apologize while you're doing it. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? If you got to interrupt, you go, um, pardon me. Or, excuse me, or, or we taught, you know, I'm sorry, but. So we apologize, and then we do it anyway. Because that's what interrupt. Are y'all, it's a pleasant interruption. It's a, it's a, you know, a mannered interruption. I'm, I'm sorry, but. I, I, I'm sorry, pardon me. Let me, let, me, let me put it in perspective, because some of you is like, where is he going with this? Let's say all of us, all, all of us, um, are at a, um, we're at a barbecue, right? We're all at a barbecue at Josh and Jessica's house. All right, Jessica just broke out in a sweat thinking about it. All right, all right. So we're all out of all, of everybody in this room, we are all at Josh and Jessica's house for a cookout, right? And we're hanging out on the deck, and it's big enough, I saw it, right? And we're playing in the water, and we're, we're having a fun time. Well, Josh makes the fatal mistake of asking me to cook, for the barbecue. I have ADD. And it's like squirrel, right? It happens at my house all the time when I'm cooking. Okay? So, so I'm cooking at their house. Hundreds of people are there. Everybody's hanging out, talking, having a good time. I get distracted. 
and I turn around, and the burgers have flared up, and now the side of their house is on fire. All right, are y'all with me? Side of the house, I mean, it is, it is going, it's going. It's burning because the burgers are now charcoal, right? And we are just, it's going. And, and I, I'm looking. I'm looking for Josh. I'm looking for Jess. I, I, I find Josh. And I go over to Josh. But Josh, in typical fashion, is in the middle of the most amazing story you've ever heard. I mean, he is telling a story that is just, it's probably about one of his kids or something, but it is just like he is in the middle of this story, and he's so intently telling the story, and I walk up and just stand there, waiting for a pause in the conversation, right? And I'm standing there and standing there, and Josh is a good storyteller, y'all know that. So he's going and going, and I'm like, um, um, I'm a little antsy, but I'm, um, um, and finally there's a pause, and I'm like, um, Josh, excuse, excuse me, but um, your house is on fire. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be? For me to stand there while his house is burning down, being, I'm, I'm just minding my manners. I'm not going to interrupt. You know? That's ludicrous. Right? I, I mean, isn't that ludicrous? Are y'all with me? I mean, that is, that is crazy to think that I, that, that I would do that. Um, but here's the truth. Here's the truth. Right now, some of your houses are on fire. And you're too polite to ask for help. I don't really want to bother them. I'm just kind of waiting for an opportunity in the conversation as I've been looking at the life of Jesus digging into the life of Jesus there's something about Jesus well there's a lot of things about Jesus that rubs me but but there's something about Jesus that actually I, I'm I, I struggle with I do um, it's challenging me right now and, and here it is. I hope you got your notes. Write, write this down. Um, Jesus welcomes interruptions. Jesus welcomes interruptions. I don't welcome interruptions. I don't. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and by 5.15, my day is planned. And I feel it all full. I'm, I'm confessing. All right? I was sitting at home. I wasn't feeling well last Sunday, and I was sitting at home, uh, 
and, and Susan is speaking, and I'm like, you could have just told me this at home. How about slow down, you know? Uh, and I have my day so planned, if somebody interrupts me, it bothers me. Come on, anybody else? Some of y'all being way too churchy. You know, and you even know who it is. You see him on the phone, you're like, ah, uh, right? Right? I don't welcome interruptions. But here's what I've noticed about Jesus. Many, many, many of the major miracles that are recorded in the scripture came out of an interruption. So I have to think, am I missing opportunities for miracles because I ignore the interruptions? Just think about that. And, and then I want you to think about this, because this is the truth. I don't know who this is for, but this is the truth. When the house is on fire, there's no such thing as an interruption. Nobody cares if you come screaming and yelling and mess up the story. Am I right? There's no such thing as an interruption when the house is on fire. It's just not. But see, Satan wants you to think that, well, it's just a little fire. It's not that big a deal. Why would you bother them with such a little thing? It's not that big a deal. Why would you even mention that at your circle? Don't tell them about that. They'll think you're a bad parent. Just because you wanted to kill them this week, you know? Just, they'll just think. And we're afraid we'll inconvenience somebody. We're afraid we're, we'll interrupt somebody. But Jesus, I love his example. He's teaching me <laughs> that interruptions are not bad. Matter of fact, Jesus says this. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Love, Hebrews says it like this. So let us come sheepishly, humbly. Let us come politely. Let us come with manners. No, what does it say? Let us come how? Oh, come on, say it. How does he come? We come boldly. Everybody say boldly. boldly. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Say boldly. boldly. To the throne of our gracious God where we will receive his mercy and we will find ah, grace, grace, unmerited favor to help us when we need it. What? When we need it most. He is saying, Jesus is saying, interrupt me. Interrupt me. Can you imagine in the middle of your day somebody saying, hey, let's go for a walk. Now, that'd be an interruption. But Jesus is like, no, come on, let's go. 
Let's go for a walk. Why is it okay to interrupt? What makes it okay to interrupt Jesus? What makes it okay to interrupt me? What makes it okay? And if you don't get anything else, if you're not taking notes, I beg you, write this down on something, what I'm getting ready to show you. Write it down, write it on your arm, right? I don't care, all right? Well, yeah, you can tell everybody, I got a tattoo at church, it's awesome, all right? Write it, write it on your arm, because this is powerful, y'all. The only thing that makes it okay to interrupt, write this down, relationship trumps rules. That's good stuff. Relationship trumps rules. Here's how that works. <laughs> it does not matter what I'm doing, where I am, or who I'm talking to. If my wife or one of my girls calls me, I stop. And I answer the phone. And it's never an interruption. I was in an attic this week, 120 degrees in the attic, trying to get done, and the phone rings. And I didn't go, oh man, it's, you know, I think it was Susan. I didn't go, oh man, it's Susan calling. It was not an interruption. I'm sweating, but I stop, I answer it, I talk, it, it's not an interruption. When there is relationship, it's never an interruption. Come on, it's never an interruption when there's a relationship there. But then there are others that would call, and I'm sure nobody in this room, <laughs> when I see your name on there, and I go, man, I don't have time for that one. Because if there's not relationship, then it can feel like an interruption. Are y'all with me? You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. For Him, you are never an interruption. You're never an interruption. That's good stuff. I'm going to give you three stories of Jesus where he took an interruption and turned it into a miracle. And I want you to see three different types of interruptions that I pray will fit one of you. One of those will fit you. Maybe all three will fit you. But, but my prayer is that, that you will find one of these and, and it will help you. <laughs> in your relating to, to Jesus, all right? Are y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Here we go. Uh, all right? I, hey, I got first, first service, they amened a bunch, and I got them out of here early, all right? So y'all just, come on, all right? All right. Jesus, three types of inter interruptions that Jesus welcomes, all right? The, the, the first story is actually found in Mark chapter 5. And it's a story that you've probably heard before about a lady who had been bleeding for 12 years. 
right? She, the scripture says she had an issue of blood. She, she had been bleeding for 12 years. She had spent lots of money, lots of time, lots of doctors trying to figure out what was going on, all right? So let's, let's look at it. Are y'all ready for some scripture? All right, let's look at it. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had not gotten better. In fact, she had gotten what? She had gotten worse. They didn't know what to do. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. <clears throat> For she thought <clears throat> to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. I love this. One translation actually says that she, she came up behind him and she stretched out and touched him. I love that. That she came up behind him and she stretched. Matter of fact, you, you can write that down. That number one is the stretch. It's the stretch. It's the, I, I think just, just maybe from what I've heard about this guy, Jesus, just if I can stretch out and just touch him, maybe, just, just maybe, I think, I, I think I'll be healed, you know? For some in the room today, you may be thinking, you know what, it would be a stretch for Jesus to heal me. It would be a stretch for Jesus to take care of this thing that's going on. It would be a stretch for him to mend that relationship. I get it. Can, can I just tell you this? It's not a stretch for him. It's not a stretch for him. His clothes had enough power to heal this lady. <laughs> she has touched his clothes. Right? Right? It may not be a stretch for him, but it may be a stretch for you. It may be a stretch for you. You may have to stretch to touch him. Um, it, it's interesting to me that there were lots of people in the crowd around him, right? There were, there were lots of them. But the one that got healed was the one that stretched out. The one that reached out and, and touched him. And, and maybe today you need to stretch past the hurt. Stretch past the failure. Stretch past the big question marks. Stretch past the pain. And say, just... Maybe. You know what the scripture teaches so clearly that just maybe is enough faith. Did you know that? Just maybe. Just maybe. 
just stretch a little bit. For some of you, my challenge would be going back to what Susan taught last week, is what would it look like? How would Jesus meet you? How would he meet where you are if you would stretch in your time scheduling to have some silence and solitude? How many of you know that's a stretch? That's a stretch for me. It is. Maybe to stretch out in my listening. Slow down. Quit talking, Vic. Just listen. To slow down and to stretch out in obedience when he says, just do it. You don't have to understand it. What would it look like if we stretched in our worship in this place? Man, worship was awesome this morning, wasn't it? We should have been like freaking out running around the room because that was awesome. The Holy Spirit, what if we stretched out of our comfort zone? And surrendered ourselves to him. That's why I raised my hand. Just reminding him. He's boss, not me. It's a surrender to him. What would it look like if we stretched out and got involved in a circle? How would he meet you? What would that look like? I mean, I mean. Jesus is looking forward to the interruption. See, in this story, Jesus had an agenda. Y'all know that? He was on his way to go heal a little girl that was dying, and the daddy of the little girl was walking with him. And Jesus welcome the interruption to the point that the little girl dies and he goes and raises her from the dead too. I mean, it's crazy. See, if you're the daddy standing there, you're not welcoming this interruption. My little girl's dying. Come on, right? But Jesus welcomed the interruption. And that, that challenges me. And it's interesting, too, that in this story, think about this. Jesus says when he felt the, the, the it says the power leave him, you know, to heal this lady. Uh, and I don't know what that looks like, but Jesus goes, okay, who touched me? <laughs> and the disciples, original language, the disciples laughed. They're like, what do you mean, who touched you? Everybody's bumping into you. The crowd was so around him. They were bumping in. Here's what I love. It hit me, and I wrote it down because I was like, man, that's good. Jesus knows the difference in somebody that bumps into him and somebody that stretches to reach him. And that's the difference in a miracle and not. Lots of people that day bumped into Jesus. Lots of people in that day, they, they, they sat in church and they saw Jesus work across the room and they left still needing because they didn't stretch. But the lady that stretched, the lady that reached out, she wasn't just bumping in. She was like, I got to have some healing. 
Jesus, I know you are it. Jesus, I'm going to stretch. I, I love this. And look what happened. Jesus feels her. The power leave him. She is healed. And he's looking. Okay, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? And then he sees her. Can you imagine the look on her face is like, I want to be happy, but I'm a little scared right now. Right? And, and, and look what, she, what Jesus said. And he said to her, everybody say it. See, I had already written, when I was studying this, I'd already written that rule or relationship trumps rules. And then Jesus gets interrupted. And the first thing he says is, daughter, you're my girl. Do you see that? You're my girl. And I'll stop the world. And it's not an interruption because you're my girl. You got to hear him say that to you today. You're my son. You're my daughter daughter I love it daughter your faith has made you well go in peace your suffering is what is over daughter you know what maybe you're like yeah but you don't understand where I'm at you don't understand what's going on in my world you don't understand I have stretched and I have stretched and I've stretched to reach Jesus, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've stretched, I've stretched so, mar so much, you should see my stretch marks. I got stretch marks on stretch marks. I have stretched, and I don't know what else to do, because I have stretched. Anybody in the room, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on. I have stretched, and I've stretched, and I've stretched so much that I don't know what to do. And so now I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I've stretched and stretched, and it didn't happen, and so now I just don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And if that's you today... <laughs> You need what this guy needed, all right? You can write this down. Number two, you need a stretcher and some friends. Matter of fact, I started to put this on the notes, but I didn't want people to get like, well, you guys know, I really, I started to say I didn't want you to be offended, but I just didn't want you to feel left out. Because what I started to put on the notes is, what you need is a stretcher and some redneck friends, because that's what you need. Come on, you need a stretcher and you need some redneck friends. You're like, what in the world? Well, let's read it, all right? Let's read it. You guys know this story. I'm just reminding you of some things. It says, the people were gathered in such large numbers at this house that there was no room left. Jesus was there, not even outside the door. And Jesus was preaching the word to them, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, 
They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. That's redneck. Get her done. That's right. That's right. I love this. I, I love this. This man was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. He was paralyzed to the point that he could not help himself. He could not help himself. He didn't have faith enough. He could not help himself. And maybe you understand. I mean, paralyzed by fear or paralyzed by the thought of maybe this will never change. I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to have this situation. Paralyzed by maybe what's happening with a child or something else. And you just don't know what to do. What you need is some redneck friends and a stretcher. See, <laughs> there are times what we need is a friend that will sit beside us in our sickbed and just love us. But then there are times we need some redneck buddies that will say, we ain't staying here. And they'll pick your bed up, tear a hole in the roof, and chunk you down to Jesus. I'm serious. There are times we need some friends that will say, I know you're sick. I know you're depressed. I don't know how to fix you, but I know who can. And I'm going to pick your bed up. I'm going to pick your chair up. And I'm going to carry you to Jesus and a crowd's not going to get in my way. A roof's not going to get in my way. We're going to dig a hole and we're going to put you in front of the one that I know can fix you because I don't know how. Come on. That's what we need. We must have those kinds of people in our lives. And that's why we talk so much about circles. Get in a circle, get in a circle, get in a group. You got to get in a group. You got to get in a circle. Because if you haven't been there, can I just give you good news? It's coming. The day is coming when you're going to be paralyzed and you don't know what to do. You're going to feel helpless. And you're going to say, all those people at the church, they don't even care. We do care. That's why I'm telling you right now, get in a group. Get in a group and get in a group that can be honest enough with you to say, I'm not letting you stay here. I'm not letting you stay in your defeat. I'm not letting you stay in your divorce. I'm not letting you stay in this sickness. I can't help you, but I know who can. And we're going there. And if I have to drag you there, I'm doing it because you know I love you. That's what we got to have. We need a stretcher and some friends. And I love this, and I love that this will mess with your 
theology, depending on what your theology is. What is the secret to, you know, to getting healed? Some people say, well, if you had enough faith, you'd get healed. This guy was so paralyzed, he did not have faith. But yet he walks away healed. He was paralyzed. He had accepted the fact that I'm always going to be this way. And I love this because look what happens. Look what Jesus says. When Jesus saw <laughs> whose faith? <laughs> the redneck buddies, right? <laughs> They're like, these guys are crazy enough to dig a hole in the roof. These guys are crazy enough to interrupt Jesus while he's preaching. Now, I'm not Jesus and don't pretend to be Jesus, but what would you think if in the middle of preaching, you hear a chainsaw? And they're lowering some dude down in the middle of preaching. Our first thought would be like, how rude. Right? How rude. And my first thought would be like, the door's over there. Right, <laughs> right. But I love that these guys, they had enough faith to say, I don't care what the obstacles are, we love this guy too much to leave him in bed. <laughs> A few weeks ago, I didn't ask permission, but I'll ask forgiveness later to tell this story. Uh, but a few weeks ago, um, uh, Benji and Channa and Chad's mom uh, passed away. And, uh, I mean, it was a beautiful homegoing kind of thing. Just, uh, she loved Jesus and it was, it was cool. But I watched as their circles of those three rallied around them and served them and brought food and did a dinner and I mean it was the redneck buddies and the older ladies that knew what to do you know it was the coolest thing and I just thought what a beautiful picture of what we all got to have we got to have because there are days we just need a stretcher and some friends and I'm going to read I'm going to tell you one last story from the scripture it's about a guy by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. And uh, Blind Bartimaeus was a guy that uh, we don't know a lot about, but his entire life, he had been viewed as an interruption. He was an interruption because he begged. He was blind. The only way he could eat is if he begged. So he spent his entire life interrupting people, trying to get money or food. And he was begging. He was blind. People would look at him and go, oh, not you again. Asking for money again. Not, not you again. He was ignored. He was an outcast. 
And one day, he hears a crowd. And he hears that there's this guy, Jesus, in, in the crowd. And if, well, let's just read it. Let's read it. It says, when Jesus, oh, wait, uh, I'm, I'm going, yeah. All right, here it is. When they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with the large crowd, were leaving the city. So they came, now they're leaving, all right? They were on a trip, all right? They were going. This was an interruption. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus! Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus! See, he couldn't see Jesus, but he knew he was over there. All he could do is say, Jesus! And he started making so much noise. Look at this. Well, write this down first. Number three is the shout. All he had was a shout. That's all he had. He didn't have anything else but a shout. So he started shouting. I can't get there. I can't see him. But I know he's over there, so I'm just going to Jesus. And just like in every church circle, religious group, the religious people, they start going, be quiet. You're bothering an important person. You're interrupting him. Many rebuke him and told him, be quiet, be quiet. But what did he do? Jesus! He just got louder. <laughs> Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And finally, Jesus hears him. And I love it. Jesus tells the crowd, go bring him to me. You know, crowds are pretty fickle, right? They're so two-faced. One minute, the crowd is rebuking him, going, be quiet, you're bothering him, you're interrupting be quiet. Jesus goes, bring that man to me. And they're like, oh, hey, Jesus wants to see you now. <laughs> so dumb. I'm like, uh, Jesus, have mercy on me. <laughs> Jesus, all he had was a shout. So often, I come to the place where I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. All I know is to go, Jesus! I just shout the answer. I shout the answer, the name of the one that I know has the answer. 
Because sometimes the shout's all that I've got left. Jesus, I don't know how to fix this. Jesus, I don't know how to help them. Jesus, I don't know how to fix this relationship. Jesus, I don't know how to fix the mess at work. Jesus, I don't. This wasn't in my notes, but I told it first service. Because I have been, I've been at all three of these. I've been in the place where I just felt like I just got to stretch out. I've been at the place where I'm like, I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do. And then I've been at the place where all I had was a shout. Many of you know this because some of you walked with us through this. It was about 10 years ago. Susan developed this nerve shorting out. Um, it's called trigeminal neuralgia, but it's it's actually the it's actually called the suicide syndrome. And it's a nerve that shorts out in the in the nerve cluster coming out of the brain the base and and it would short out and it was almost 24 7 intense pain like for her her face felt like it was burning like literally you were sticking fire on her face like the skin bubbling from the fire that's what it felt like and that's why so many people kill themselves just because of the intense pain. And I remember in that season, stretching, stretching and going, okay, if I can just touch him, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to stretch, and I fasted, fasted, at one point, 30 days, fasting, stretching. Stretching my faith, stretching my body. And I would get glimmers of hope and then like, oh man. And then it got so intense that I, I got to the place where I was just paralyzed. I believed God could heal. I knew that her healing had been paid for. I knew he wanted to, but God, what's going on? And I was paralyzed. And I went to my redneck buddies and said, I need your faith because mine's struggling right now. I need yours. I need you to help me carry her. And I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. And they began to carry with me and carry me. 
And I believe it was through that that some literally miraculously Susan gets an email address, a personal email address from the one doctor in the entire United States that all he does is that particular nerve. And she emailed him on a Saturday. Not through the office, not, and he began a conversation. And in days, we found ourselves in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins and this doctor did his thing, you know, did a surgery that was so critical that they made us sign all these things because one, one little oops and she would have been paralyzed or death or all these things because of where the nerve was. And anyway, it's kind of a crazy deal. And the surgery went well and we were just thanking God because it, it normally took 18 months to two years to even get an appointment with this doctor and in days he's ushering us in and it was just the craziest coolest thing we were like God this is awesome and then after surgery a couple days after surgery they put us in a hotel right next to the hospital and we had to stay there for a week because they wanted to make sure everything was okay before we traveled back to Arkansas and Two days into it, it all unraveled. And Susan wasn't good. Things were not good. And we're in a hotel, all alone. She is in the most intense pain I'd ever seen. Couldn't get a hold of the doctor at that time moment, didn't know what to do, and I'm a fix-it guy, if it breaks, I just want to fix it, that's what I do, and I couldn't fix it, I'd done all I knew to fix it, and in that hotel room, the enemy started telling us it didn't work, that wasn't God. All that that you believed, it was not true. She's going to die with this. And he had begun to convince both of, both of us of that, sitting in that hotel room. And, and I remember I felt the walls closing in. And I told Susan, I got to go. I got to leave for a little bit. I don't want to leave you, but I got I to gotta go. And I went out of that embassy suites, and I went down, and walking around in the parking lot outside and I just began to go Jesus I don't know what to do Jesus I know you brought us here Jesus we felt your peace in this whole process Jesus I need you I can't fix it Jesus and then it turned into Satan, you're not going to take my wife. You are a liar and a thief. 
and faith began to well up in me and I began to fight on her behalf. And I'm gonna tell you, 30 minutes later, I walked in to a room of peace. A few days later, we come home healed, whole. I'm telling you. Sometimes, sometimes we need to stretch. Sometimes we got to have some friends that will knock a hole in the roof. And for some of you this afternoon, you need to go for a walk. And you need to find your shout. You need to find your shout. And you shout the name of the answer more than the problem. More than what you're dealing with. More than your question. You need to find your shout. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to apply it and not be too churchy about it. I wonder, is there anybody in the room that you would say, you know what? There's some areas I know he wants me to stretch in. To stretch out to touch him. I know I need a stretch. If that's you, I want you to look at me. I want our eyes to meet because I, I want to pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a stretch. So Jesus, you know where our stretch is, where you're calling us to stretch to you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us the boldness to walk that out, whatever that looks like. That we'd find our answer in the stretch. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that you would be bold enough to say, you know what, I just feel a little numb, a little paralyzed. I, I, there's this one particular situation. I genuinely have no idea what to do. And I know I need a stretcher and I need a friend. If that's you, I want you to look at me. I want to be able to pray for you. You know what it is. Yeah. You know, I just, I need a, I need a stretcher and a friend because I'm feeling paralyzed. I don't know. to hear this I didn't do this in first service but I just feel like 
for somebody, you need to know he sees you right now. And he says, daughter, you're my girl, daughter, I see you. I don't know who that's for. Lord, I pray that right now, all across the room, you would show us faces of the friend or friends that we need to go to. That you've put them there to help carry us. Show us who they are and help us follow through with connecting with them. Father, for those today that just need to find their shout, Lord, I pray that this afternoon they would go find their shout, that they would shout the name, your name, above the problem, the questions, the frustrations. And then, Lord, for some of us, we admit we don't like interruptions. So, Holy Spirit, help us to see the interruptions as a place for 